Hello, and welcome to Master of What. I'm David Bro, a master's student in biology. And I'm Andrew Guest, a master's student in political science. And today we're going to talk about what? NATO. What's NATO? I Wait, can I try to say what I know about NATO first? Okay, it's I, I'll give you a hint. It's four letters that stand for something. Yeah, uh, so I think I know what they stand for, but probably not. I think the first two are North American. Cl- you got the first one. This is like a game of mastermind. You've got one correct so far. Okay, uh, air nope. force? Uh, aeronautics? Uh, air defense? Is it something to do with air? Uh, In fact, well, th- think. I mean... Yeah, think of something, um, you know, adjacent to air. Airplanes? The ocean. Atlantic. North Atlantic. Oh, North Atlantic. Atlantic isn't adjacent to air. Like, air. Water is next to air. It is as much as the Pacific is. Oh, wait, but <laughs> Pacific starts with a P. Yeah. Nupunto. <laughs> no, this is NATO. Uh, North Atlantic. Okay, North Atlantic trade? All right, I obviously don't know what it North it Atlantic for. Treaty Organization. Treaty. Is, yes. Okay. And I yeah, okay. I don't really know what a treaty is either. So A treaty uh, is a treaty is just an agreement between two or more countries. Okay. So it's a tr- it's like an agreement between countries that are in the North Atlantic area. Yes, nominally, yes. Sort of. Um, and so. All right. That wraps it up. That's, yep. Thanks uh, for listening. Been, uh, this has master been Master of What. Of what? <laughs> Tune in next week. No. no. So, NATO. Uh, let's, so what is NATO? Let's hop in our time machine. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Your favorite. Okay. okay. So wait, is this 1947? 1949. 1949. Okay. So we're leaving. We're, we're picking up where we left off. Sort of. In containment. Yes. So, so within the United States, there is a conversation about how to stop the, the Soviets from just steamrolling over Europe. Uh, and so the United States and Great Britain and a few other countries get together and say, we want to stop the Soviet Union from crushing us. So we're, we're going to get together with some of our ideological allies. So countries that think the same way as we do and mm-hmm. are scared of the Soviet Union. So they signed this this treaty, which had sort of emerged out of a couple other earlier treaties, um, and they get Belgium, Canada, Denmark, France, Iceland, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Okay, All- so I'm pretty sure you just named more countries than I could even name or let alone keep track of so we'll go through them one by one the netherlands luxembourg belgium and portugal france england denmark and spain belgium is uh that's where belgian waffles are from it's a small country uh next to france and across the water from britain okay so belgian waffles yeah belgian waffles they got them canada i hope you know canada i know uh denmark yep Denmark um that's so that's north of Germany they're kind of that little peninsula north of on top of Germany and then a bunch okay. of little islands okay then there's France which know is that one yeah you know France Iceland is the small country next to Greenland yeah they've got volcanoes they have, yeah there's Italy which we're remember we're in 1949 so it's uh oh oh I thought... Mussolini's been deposed he's been strung up by his ankles and now there's democracy in Italy 
Luxembourg, which is a very small country next to Belgium and the Netherlands. Luxembourg. That's the one that I didn't know. Yeah, it's sure. kind of sandwiched in between France and Germany, and okay. it's very small. Are they called Luxembourgers? They are now, according to me, and I think no one else. What would you What would you order with your Luxembourger? Some Belgian waffle fries. Hey! We've also got the Netherlands, which is next to Belgium. Uh, there's Norway, which is sort of a skinny country in Northern Europe. There's okay. Portugal, which is a small country next to spain yeah and at one. this point spain is run by uh, a friend of hitler's named francisco oh. franco so portugal is is also got their own sort of concerns but portugal are a democracy portugal's a democracy yeah they help the allies they've been allied to Britain. they have the longest alliance in the world actually in the history of the world they've been allied to britain since the 1300s whoa yeah. What's do you know what's behind that? Like why that Well, in the 1300s they they signed a treaty with England. Like the the king of Portugal and the king of England signed mm. a treaty and they've just managed to stay allies ever since. Gotcha. Yeah. And then we've got the United Kingdom and the United States. So that's that's our cast of and, and crew of of NATO. So these right. countries get together and say we are going to have this whole big agreement and most important part of this is Article 5. And this says an attack on any one member of NATO is attack on all members of NATO. That seems like a pretty important article. That's the article. That's the whole shebang. Hmm. This is saying to Soviet Union, hey, if you invade, you know, France, you've invaded the United States and the United Kingdom and you're at war with us. Yeah. So Turkey and Greece sign up in 1952, which is really interesting because Turkey and Greece don't get along historically. They've fought several wars hmm. before they were Turkey and before they were Greece. They were fighting over the, the land that they, they are in. Are they next to each other? Yes. Okay. So them both joining NATO was hmm. kind of like, a, we're going to put aside our differences for now yeah. because we're worried about the Soviet Union. Yeah, because if they both joined NATO and one of them attacked the other, then... That's a question that hasn't been They would have to really attack themselves. <laughs> is, yeah, is, is what happens if Turkey and, and, and Greece get into a fight. Are they still in it? Well, I mean, yeah, they're both still in NATO. Yeah, so... To my knowledge, nobody's left NATO. Hmm. So uh, Germany, West Germany, joins in 1955. Uh, you remember West and East Germany? Yep, split through Berlin, right? Yes. Or... Well, oh, no. Berlin is split in half, and then there's sort of this little pocket of Berlin... And then West Germany is like way west of Berlin because Berlin's right. actually pretty far east in far Berlin, east. in Germany. Uh, right. And then Spain, remember I said it was fascist until Francisco Franco died in the 70s. They ended up joining later in the in the 80s. In the 80s, okay. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of countries joined after the Cold War ended. And they're not really relevant for our conversation at the moment anyways. So in addition to Article 5, there's a couple of other articles in NATO that over time have essentially designed it so that all of these countries can fight together very well. So one of the problems they had in World War II is that when you've got, you know, French and British and American and Canadian and Australian and all, you know, Brazilian and all these different, you know, soldiers fighting on one front line, having them have different kinds of guns, different types of bullets, different trucks, you know, oh, one guy's trucks are diesel, one guy's trucks are gasoline, you know, all of these different things caused a, a lot of logistical hurdles for mm -hmm. them to overcome. And so in planning for the next war, the generals and, and politicians all decided, all right, we're going to have one standard kind of, of bullet, 
one standard kind of, of, of round for our pistols and one for our assault rifles and so on and so forth so that all of our all of our soldiers if we're fighting together so if if you know belgium is run out of bullets because they're fighting americans can just send them some of the some more bullets yeah that fit in their guns basically when did when did this happen so this was over the course of the cold war at various times they did different so they adopted nine millimeter um pistol cartridges at one point um mm. there was a there was a debate whether they should do nine millimeter or 45 acp that that was sort of a conversation that they had they also adopted rifle cartridges so 5.56 millimeter rifle cartridges so what's interesting is they also came up with uh so we're going to have these 5.56 rounds and they're going to fit in these standard nato magazines but you can make your own guns as long as they fit these magazines just to clarify this was a standardization for logistical stuff and whatever but was this also like a tactic to sort of americanize uh, weapons in NATO or like yes now they not not all of these weapons were American right so Italy has a has a company called Beretta and they right. make pistols and for a while the Beretta nine millimeter handgun was the standard handgun for some branches of the United States military now by and large most major countries make their own weapons for strategic mm. reasons so, you know especially great powers but but even middle powers tend to have domestic sources of weapons even if it's not your own design you're going to want to make your guns at home don't take your guns to town son leave your guns at home bill because if you're dependent on someone else for your guns that's you know, basically they have a whole ton of leverage over you so mm. while the soviets were just making millions of ak-47s and sending them you know all over the world the Americans said, here's your standardized designs. You can make your own guns. And the European countries did. So the British, uh, the Belgians came out with a, a gun called the FAL. The The British adopted a form of that for a while. They, you know, they, they had all these different kinds of guns, but most of right. them used these same cartridges. Right. And this was like in preparation for World War Three against the Soviets? In effect, yes. Every, everything that NATO da, did during the Cold War was to defeat the Soviets. Yeah. yeah, so NATO now has everyone's on 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 side with their military. And it's not just guns and bullets, right? They've got standardized ranks. So yeah. you can call your ranks whatever, but you've got you've got a private in one navy is an ensign in another, but they're they're same they've got the same rank code. So when you've got fleets working together, you can have a general from from one force commanding soldiers from another force and the the rank system will 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 stay together they've also got uh nato symbology so the nato alphabet alpha mm -hmm. mm. bravo that's nato yeah charlie delta foxtrot yeah that's Golf. that's india yeah i i can't Hotel. remember all of them off the top of my head but yeah whiskey Kilo. tango foxtrot they've got this i thought that was just like standard radio protocol or something it's standard radio protocol because nato made it standard because wow. they said, we've got a whole bunch of people, probably with yeah. various accents, different language abilities, different, you know, the French speak French, the Germans speak German, the Americans speak English. So we need, it, it, when you spell something out over the radio, it's got to be clear and everyone's got to be on the same page. Like, okay, so I'm, I'm seeing a trend here of like, the standard alphabet is in English. Uh, the standard round size is like originating in 
the states. Yeah, I mean, this is an American-led alliance. America is first right. among equals in this alliance in terms of spending. Because the Americans are, are, you know, the French have their own fairly substantial military, largest in Europe at the moment, unless you count Turkey. But the, the British also have a big navy. But the Germans and Italians didn't really have that big of an army. You know, the Danish and the Norwegians, they've got soldiers. But the Americans have an enormous and extremely well-equipped army. So they have yeah. bases all over Europe for the purpose of fighting against the Soviets. So so that's recently there's sort of been a pullback saying, do we really need these soldiers all over the world? But for mm. the duration of the Cold War, American soldiers were stationed in Japan, in Germany, in, in Britain, in France, in you know Norway. There's Canadian soldiers in Estonia right now stationed there. So Like just because of NATO? Or... Because of NATO, yeah. Th that was the agreement is we are going to agree to have bases on your land. So the Americans oh. had a lot of sway in decision making for this. Hmm. They also spend like I think two thirds, currently two thirds of or three quarters of NATO's total budget or like of all of the military budgets of NATO put together is the Americans. Unfortunately for some people who were who were very excited to go to war, and fortunately for the rest of us, the Cold War ended without either side going to war. Mm -hmm. And so NATO still exists. And the question became, why? 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 Why do we still have NATO? And for a time, it was even discussed that Russia might join NATO back in the 90s when they were really looking like they might be a democracy. And Boris Yeltsin and Bill Clinton really got along. Boris Yeltsin was the president of Russia. Bill Clinton okay. was the president of the United States. I knew who Bill Clinton was. I did not know who the <laughs> yeah. other guy was. Uh, Bill Clinton, famous saxophone player, also known for being president of the United States. So and very, like, gregarious. and, and yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a real charmer. Um a little too charming, I think, got him into trouble. We're not going to get into that. Who's the other guy? Boris Yeltsin. He was he was president of Russia and a pretty key figure in the fall of the Soviet Union. So the Soviet Union has fallen apart. It's Russia and you know all these other breakaway countries now. And instead of falling apart, NATO takes the opportunity to dramatically expand its membership. So the uh, Czechoslovakia used to be one country. They split into two. Now it's Czech Republic and Slovakia. So the Czech Republic joins in 99, along with Hungary, Poland, all in 1999, and then Bulgaria, Estonia, and Latvia in 2004 with Lithuania and Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, and a bunch of other countries. So the, these are countries that all used to be communist. You know, mm. Hungary was, remember the Hungarian Revolution? Vaguely. Yeah, after they lost to the Soviets, they stayed communist. Same with so Bulgaria was a communist country. You know, mm. Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania were, were were part of the Soviet Union. They mm -hmm. were the Baltic sisters that got taken over. So now that they're independent, they're going, we don't ever want to be run by the Russians again because we tried that and it sucked. So <laughs> now we're going to join NATO so that NATO will protect us from the, from the Russians. So for right. the Russians, this was a major defeat. I mean, this is this is total humiliation that NATO has now got countries directly on your borders. So the, their their sphere of influence has collapsed. They mm. they are they are defeated. So NATO is now looking to what it's going to do going forward. And all of a sudden, a situation presents itself in 1992 as Yugoslavia, which is a was a large country in the Balkans, the dictator of Yugoslavia. Joseph Tito dies and he was kind of holding things together and very quickly this whole country collapses and in the Balkans there's lots of ethnic groups 
sort of overlapping and there's some Croatians here and there's some Serbians there, you know, and there's, there's Bosnians here and then there's Bosnian Muslims and, you know, and then there's Bosnian Serbs. And then, you know, there's, there's, you know, these people in Kosovo, which are in kind of Serbian, but kind of Albanian. Well, now you're just showing off. You're just saying a bunch of Well, I mean, the point is that this breaks out into an extremely violent war, uh, replete with, with genocides and, and mass killings. And, and the United Nations, uh, is obviously not at all pleased about this. So they try to mediate is, the dispute. Wait, why, what was the catalyst for this? The catalyst was the dictator of this big country dies, this okay. country that had all sorts of overlapping ethnic groups. So the sort of the tyrant that was keeping everyone at bay is no yes. longer there to yeah. control everyone? Yeah, he was sort of a very, well, I wouldn't say popular, but he was, he, was a, he was a charismatic leader that managed to kind of keep the country together with both hands. Once he was gone, the country collapses. And so the the Croatians managed to get out pretty easily. But after that, it just devolves into like a very violent war as the Serbians in some ways viewed them or the Serbian government. I don't want to disparage the many good people of Serbia, but the, the Serbian leadership viewed itself in some ways as the inheritors of the state. And so worked to try to at first maintain Yugoslavia and then later to just ensure that they would keep larger shares of territory because mm. the the depending on who lives on the land decides what country it goes to in theory Yugoslavia collapses very violent war with a lot of war crimes and crimes against humanity happening so the mm. United Nations tries to sort of piece this out and it doesn't work and so they go to NATO and say we are giving you the authority to mm. intervene so NATO begins a a intensive bombing campaign on Serbia, who had been sort of perpetrating a, the Serbian government military, and which was sort of the leftover from the Yugoslavian military, had been perpetrating much, but not all, of these of these massacres and human rights abuses. So hmm. they basically just bombed the hell out of them until they backed down, and and, and Slobodan Milosevic uh, was the leader of of Serbia, and, and he kind of finally said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna stop." So this this had sort of given a new purpose to NATO. Was Serbia communist or not really by that point? So then it like cuz you said originally NATO was that that article 25 was like if article you go five. Oh, article 5. Okay. Article yeah, 5. If you attack us, you attack us all. Yeah, if you attack us, you attack us all. That's not just applying to the Soviet Union, it's applying to anyone that Yeah, attacks. anyone who attacks us. But this is not that. Serbia okay. never attacked NATO. Serbia, Serbia was was just messing around in in the Balkans. They mm-hmm. never they never touched NATO. NATO went in because they were doing horrible things. And NATO, who was who was who reported this? Like who who approached NATO? Like I know the United this Nations. The United Nations basically said, "NATO, we are giving you the authority to to intervene in this situation. We we'd, we'd okay. like you to take this on." Because instead war of crimes. just going to one country. Mm-hmm. NATO or United Nations went to NATO. And that was unprecedented. Yeah, that had not happened before. And NATO had never really kind of conducted an operation like this before. And it wasn't really their purview. Yeah, there was there was a couple of, of you know, deployments and, and oh, we're going to send planes. But n- nothing like of this scale where NATO is actually fighting a war now. Mm-hmm. And they they easily defeated the, the Serbians. I think that they bombed the hell out of them and, and they only managed to shoot down one plane and it was by accident. It was it was just a curb stomp. Hmm. So the next Makes time sense. that NATO gets activated, though, is is with Article 5. So that's the September 11th attacks. And the United States is 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 
essentially attacked by these terrorists. And one of the first things that they do is is to invoke Article 5 and say, this is an attack on the United States, and we are calling on our NATO allies to support us in this time. So this wasn't it wasn't an invasion. It wasn't like tanks are rolling down Broadway. This was this was a terrorist attack. So there was some confusion about how do we respond to this. But pretty quickly, it it became sort of this coalition to fight global terrorism. So so George Bush, um, they invade Afghanistan uh, shortly after the uh, attacks, and then they also invade Iraq. Uh, later in George Bush's term, and when and you say they, you're just, you're not just the, talking the United about States led and NATO leading a coalition. So it, there was a a coalition of the willing for Iraq, but for Afghanistan, the United States has already invaded, but now NATO is going to come in and take over because this is now a NATO matter, and we're fighting terrorism in Afghanistan, and it's it's a whole complicated web. But in in effect, NATO is is now helping out in Afghanistan because of. Hmm the September 11th attacks. There's a couple other things that they've done. So if you'll recall, I mentioned Somali pirates. Mm -hmm. So the United States uses its great power to fight piracy in the near Somalia, in the, in the waters there. That is a NATO operation. So it's led by the United Mm -hmm. States, but there are other NATO ships that are also fighting in the in the against pirates. So there's Canadian frigates there. There's there's you know French ships. There's German ships. There's all these different ships. And is that that's like uh, because American ships are getting attacked? That's not an Article Five issue. That's just uh, we have all NATO has agreed. So NATO is NATO is a council of people in 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 Belgium. There's a big headquarters, and they all sort of you know come together to agree what they're going to do so it doesn't have to be that they've been attacked it can be well are there like memos like at the end of the like list of things there's just like a memo that's like also no pirates <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah also this is, no this, terrorists you know they every every meeting is just like all right yeah we gotta deal with war drugs you know terrorists yada, yada. Oh, oh by the way no pirates still still not gonna let that one <laughs> maybe next time yeah you know, a couple of Somalian pirates like, ah, oh, all right, I guess we'll just, you know. <laughs> They're at the meeting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in similar fashion to the the bombing campaign of Serbia, they also intervened in 2011 in Libya. The Libya thing was nominally a success, but also a bit of an embarrassment because they overreached. So mm. the Libya, they was it was, you can use your planes, but no ground soldiers. To, to stop Muammar Gaddafi from, you know, blowing up his citizens with his plane. So they established a no-fly zone over Libya. So they said to Muammar Gaddafi, you can no longer fly any of your military planes over your country. And what, what would happen if he did? They'd shoot them down. Like NATO would. Yeah, and they also destroyed his, like, anti-airplane defenses. So so missile batteries and guns and things like that. Was, was Libya in the UN? Yes. At yeah. the time? Well, yes, but the by that time the 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 Libyan representatives to the UN had defected to the rebels. Oh, yeah, the 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 people who oh, were in, okay. uh, who so, were in New yeah. York, the yeah. the diplomats had sided with the rebels, and they so, and they're the ones that are like, yeah, go ahead, like, yeah, sh- yeah. I mean, I, I don't planes. think they they totally were like, yeah, blow up our country, but they, they were they were definitely supportive of deposing Muammar Gaddafi. Sure. And at okay. the time, it was like, That's great, we're going to defeat Muammar Gaddafi. It's since mm-hmm. turned into a bit of a, a an embarrassment because Libya is now a total mess and there's no clear leader and yada, yada, yada. And the Russians have said, we're never going to agree to that again. 
that was you you totally overreached you mm-hmm. did, you went well beyond your responsibility to protect and instead you you deposed this guy we're never going to agree to this again so that's kind of dead in the water right. was it like in the interest of nato that nato that he be deposed and it was in the interest of like western democracies yeah. i think that he be deposed he was he was a rogue yeah. nation he was he was supporting terrorism according you know depending on who you talk to but they could have handled it yeah little, I, in, in like recent in recent years like in in the later years of his his regime he was mostly minding his own business when did he when was he deposed in 2011 and that came as a result of like nato getting involved the nato and... nato basically it's i mean it's a bit of a counterfactual if nato hadn't intervened would he have won the civil war who knows but mm-hmm. I would hazard a guess that NATO was a major component in him being deposed. And the Russians were not pleased with that. They sort of gave authorization for, for saying, hey, you can, you can stop, you know, horrible things from happening to innocent civilians using your planes, but you can't topple him. And mm-hmm. NATO went ahead and sort of helped topple him. So, right. yeah, so that's NATO. NATO nowadays is is hmm. still in existence, much expanded. There are serious conversations about where it's going, whether Turkey will remain a member as Turkey is, is sort of having serious problems staying a democracy. And also the Donald Trump thing is, is are all of these countries paying their fair share? So you mentioned earlier, the United States seems to have a big part to play in NATO. Now, recently mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of come to light that countries are not paying enough for their militaries according to what the united states says so the rule of thumb is you have to pay two percent of your gdp to your military if you're a nato member so that's not two percent of your budget but two percent of your gdp um which is which is sort of just a general rule of basically to so not every country can have the newest planes and the best tanks but every country should make a reasonable effort to yeah, so, and I mean, you should be able to pay yeah. a certain percentage of what your country has towards military or towards this organization. Exactly. And mm-hmm. most countries don't pay 2%. Mm-hmm. Like Canada doesn't. What does Canada pay? I don't know off the top of my head. It's I, I, Last time I saw it, it was 1.4, 1.5. It's it's close. It, it went up when Trudeau got elected. He, he boosted it pretty significantly, quietly mm. sort of in response to Donald Trump's Trump's ramblings, but also just as a, you know, military modernization. And Iceland doesn't have a standing military. They have they have a Coast Guard and police, but also like only like 400,000 people live in Iceland. So that they kind of get a buy. Yeah. But, you know, countries like Germany and Italy and Spain and Portugal, it's like, well, if you guys are going to be part of this deal, you know, if you're going to get protection from the United States, you got to pull your own weight is the mm-hmm. argument. And that, that you know, the, in a simpler format, Donald Trump had sort of tapped into people's general awareness that the United States had been doing some heavy lifting for NATO. On the other hand, that American heavy lifting had also seriously benefited the United States. The United States is the is the beneficiary of the global order that it's created through NATO, among other means. So the mm-hmm. United States spending all this money on its military is also helping it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's NATO in a nutshell. Yeah, those NATO, NATO. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Tune in next week. What have we got on the docket next week, David? Uh, I'm going to talk about astrobiology. Awesome. So it's like biology and space. 
Pretty much. Or is it the biology of the Houston Astros? Well, that'll all become clear next week. Our music is by uh, Scott Holmes. It's Hot Shot. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode idea suggestions, you can send them to masteroflettpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Gmail. See ya! See ya!